0: You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com/slash LegendsCast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. I am one of your hosts, Mark lift from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and with me tonight is my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, a little bit of a lazy Saturday at home.
1: You know, you can't. Uh, you never know when it's going to happen. When it does. It's kind of relaxing. It's kind of nice. Just a, a good old change up. I mean, I keep myself pretty busy, so it's uh, – every once in a while, you know, we talked about it last week. Sometimes you just got to slow down, and I slowed way down uh, uh, today, like way down.
0: Just laying about, man.
1: Just that's all I did.
0: That's all I did. That's all I know anymore, you know? Uh, did you play Runeterra today? Uh, no. Yeah, just a little bit. That's all – well, I have seen I you on at night, Whoa. playing a good bit at night.
1: That's right. This That's week. right. See, you, you you thought I was gonna say no, but in fact I said yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have played but, actually.
1: And if I'm being honest, you know, uh, I I haven't been playing tons of um like constructed. I've been playing mostly like Expedition and Labs, and just trying to. That's because that's how and, you get those sweet
0: cosmetic upgrades to get
1: your prismatics stuff. Saying. That's right. Got to get those uh, prismatics, and especially now that I know, uh, now that I know what prismatics I want, uh, it makes it a lot easier. I'm a lot more motivated because I'm like, oh, I know exactly when I get what I want to get with these prismatics. You know?
0: Oh, like you know? Wait, which which ones? Which ones? Do I know you exactly. Want? I want to like, bling like out the list?
1: entire Daybreak set. Oh,
0: I want to oh, nice. bling out my Daybreak cards. Yeah, do you have? Are you saving up for Leona? Is that what you're saving up for right now?
1: Yeah, yeah. If that will that and I have a good. I haven't really spent any essence, right? Uh, but I I have crafted. Uh, but I've just gotten lucky enough to get like two of the Daybreaks. Um, and oh, so I okay, actually nice. got Robin, which is the one that's like, he, I think he's oh, that's like like one epic of the coolest, one. yeah, right. And of course, he's generating extras, and just when, and that's what made me realize I wanted to get the daybreak guys because he was creating more daybreaks. I was like, yo, the daybreaks look pretty sick with the background, so uh, yeah, um, I'm pretty, pretty hype on that front, um. But, yeah, so I I really just haven't been doing anything super interesting like deck building. Just been playing Expedition, playing Labs, just kind of when I have time here and there for a game. I haven't, like, grinded it or anything, but it's still still been fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I played a good bit this week, actually. Uh, so it's it, it, interesting. So we're recording this late uh, Wednesday is when we typically record the show. It just didn't work out this week, and So we're recording this on a Saturday night. So you're going to get like an episode on this will come out on Sunday and then we'll do another one on Friday right after Aphelios comes out. So it's actually probably perfect to talk about some stuff that isn't Aphelios related because I'm sure next week we're going to be talking, you know, mostly about Aphelios. He's going to come out in the morning and then we'll, we'll record at night. Um, but uh, so I got last episode. I told everybody that I had received two upgrades in my prismatic chests, and so I had gotten Aurelian Soul in prismatic, and then Lux in prismatic, which is very exciting for me. And so I made an Aurelian Soul Lux deck because they're my prismatic champions. So it just makes sense, right? Um and uh and it was really fun. It was it's like really sort of like slow and grindy. They kind of work together cuz there's a lot of like uh, a lot of cards that you can discover through uh invoke that are more than 6 mana. Which are really good with Lux because then you can trigger Lux and be able to get the cards. Obviously, like Lux is a little bit better uh, paired with a lot of things, and uh, probably Aurelian Souls a little bit better paired with a lot of stuff as well. But they're neither as good paired with something that's not prismatic. And so the prismatic pairing is what really makes the cards extra good. It gives you the better chance of drawing them when you need them. Um, and it makes you overall a slightly better player than every one of your opponents who do not have Prismatic champions. Um, statistically, Mobalytics has done a study <laughs> and that's just accurate. And so, oh, is it? Oh. Um, yeah, I was just crushing people because if their champions had been Prismatic, their decks, which were meta, would have destroyed me. But because their champions were not Prismatic, even when they went to beat me, they would automatically surrender because the game mm. knew that I needed to win because mm. I got lucky um with my prismatic pulls so uh so yeah it went well for me i i like i have not played ladder at all like literally have not played one game of ladder i've been only playing expedition which by the way i think not like not this upcoming week but the week after i'm now going to be streaming monday wednesday fridays from like 8 a.m until 10 30 or 11 in the morning est little shout out there if you don't follow me already go to twitch.tv slash the lift um and uh and so i will be streaming over there and i think i'm going to be doing expeditions i think that's what i want to do like there's not expedition streamers in this game and i really Mm. like drafting in runeterra i really like it so i'm thinking about doing like you can do three a week i'm thinking about doing if i have extra time beyond the, Mm. the draft like i'll play something else but i'm thinking about doing starting every stream with an expedition draft
1: that could be really cool i can definitely see there being a dedicated albeit maybe a smaller like community that could crop up around that because like, yeah, people don't play a ton of uh, Expedition um, on stream, partly because a lot of the deck, like a lot of the community wants to see unique decks or meta decks, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you, I found in my time streaming a lot of TESL, there's like, there's the two two brands of viewers, the people that want to see unique deck building and the people that want to see like high level competitive play um but those people no will be on bbg
0: stream, so
1: right right and so you're not likely to pull those people you know anyways because they'll usually find those dedicated people uh that they only go to for like tips and stuff that's why you've got the people that you know claim that every deck was made by mogwai you know <laughs> because they really like watch those people all the time and they're those you know dedicated viewers Yep. um and so, like, but I definitely found that there was a contingent of people that would always be asking me, hey, DBN, do an expedition, do an expedition. And so, like, they exist, man. They definitely exist.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, right, so John uh, John Beckett in the chat tonight says expedition needs more love, and I completely agree. This is not what we were going to be talking about tonight, uh, and if you were around before in the stream, then you know what we're supposed to be talking about, and we're not. But, um, I mean, in Hearthstone, right, there were, uh, there were several people who streamed literally to thousands and thousands of people every day um, who did nothing but arena runs. Like that was it, like Hearthstone arena runs. And there were people like Tice and, uh, and Dog and some of the other players. And like when I was still playing Hearthstone and watching Hearthstone, that of course they played competitive a lot, um, but who's like who was the guy who played at night? Who always played was it? It wasn't Trump. I can't remember. He's he's really popular still. He's still a really popular streamer, but he played almost exclusively expedition or it wasn't expedition. It was arena in Hearthstone, right? Or was it arena in Tessel? Was it arena in Tessel? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, Arena wasn't no uh, Hearthstone. Yeah, I think it was Arena in both. Arena in both. So, the, the, but they they like that's what they streamed. And So I thought you know what? There's probably some people out there who would like to see more Expedition play happening. And I don't love playing Ladder because it gives me anxiety. Um, so I I think that I think that I want to try out more because I do agree. I I agree with John about uh, John Beckett in the chat that I think that they do need more love. I think that Expedition. What would you do to give Expedition a little bit more, a little bit more love? I think you need to make You're, the rewards better.
1: Um, you know, if if I'm being honest, what what I think is appealing to some people about Expedition is actually something that bothers me. It takes too long. The double trial that is takes really long. too long because then you you feel like you sh- even you know if you ace the first one, get the seven wins, right? You're like, okay, well, obviously, I'll retire it now, probably. But uh, if you don't get seven wins, let's say you grind out and you get six wins and it took, you know, let's say eight games to get it because you lost two along the way. Um, Basically, I find that it just, I mean, it just takes so much longer than any of the other ones, which, A, makes it worth your money. No doubt. It's worth uh, your quote unquote money.
0: It's definitely worth it for the amount of play that you get
1: right but i find that i'll get stuck playing a a, i mean this is partly me being a deck builder i'll get stuck playing a deck that i'm not super happy with and i wish i could change for hours and then finish up that run and then be like well either i i make a strictly suboptimal decision to not (laughs) <laughs> not like draft another deck not draft another deck <laughs> on this retire. run or retire you know so it it really hurts it it tears at me between my you know wanting to go do something else and also my completionist but also like that that efficiency in your in your brain of wanting to like like whenever I play uh, Destiny, for example, I'll I'll know that I've got these like nine quests that I need to do and a couple bounties, and I will look at all of them and then I will try to figure out what way I can most efficiently do five of them at the same time you know okay well if i if i use this type of subclass in this specific gun and i only do these activities i'll knock out six of the things at the same time that efficiency like that gaming efficiency or just like when you're playing witcher or skyrim and you and you're like well i've got these six quests in my ridiculously huge quest log that are all in the same town let me just go knock them all out at once right
0: yeah yeah that I get same that. Thing,
1: that same thing applies to uh to the situation here with um
0: with expeditions <laughs> with
1: expedition
0: man <laughs> yeah they are they are super long dude they they are they take forever and, and like i find that if you're going to do your three expeditions of the week that is pretty much my all of my lor time that week pretty much yeah. all of it like i really can't like okay so i play a couple other games if i stopped playing mmos then i would have more time to play lor of course mm-hmm. but um i found that being said L- uh, expeditions is my favorite thing to play mobile because the pressure's off right like so a lot of times uh because i have kids if i'm playing mobile a lot of times like what happens is i work all day i get done we go up we do dinner the girls get on the couch uh i get on the couch with them and maybe they're watching a show or something and i'll boot up lor or tft on my phone and uh i'm never at peace right so once you have children you don't get to be at peace anymore it just doesn't really happen and so uh, i am being attacked at at some point during a game i will be attacked a little bit at least right and so i will get very frustrated if i'm getting attacked and it's like during a really pivotal moment and like my kid smacks my phone or like my daughter she knows only like the only thing she knows about lor are the little uh, pets and then she knows how to hit the round end button Or the pass button. And so she'll just come up and be like, pass. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) she can't deal with that. So in expedition, I don't care as much. So I find that like when I'm playing mobile and I'm playing around other people, if I lose an expedition game, I'm not losing any sleep over it. I don't care. I have a ton of, I have a ton of like tokens. So like I'm not, I'm not upset about it. But if I'm playing ranked, I do get upset about it. So. Yeah, so I don't play yeah, well, ranked as much. Like, but expedition's fun when I'm just like, eh, not 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 like in a high pressure situation.
1: Well, right. And the other thing to remember is that, like with expedition, like you know, we already, you know, you and I already have pretty much all the cards. You have all the cards, I think, or at least all the crafting materials you could want. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to earn. Yeah. So that that also means there's nothing to lose out on if something doesn't go your way. Yeah. You know, or if you or if you accidentally get the button, the
0: turn pass. You know. mad Mad wills and chat actually said i own every card so there's no need to grind expeditions and i think that's kind of the point right like i own every card as well uh, but i specifically don't want to grind expeditions um i want to play expeditions because i enjoy them like i i genuinely enjoy expeditions and so that's why i play them but they are a little long
1: but i think that what could happen with expeditions to make it more palatable uh you know, if, if it is actually to find some sort of cosmetic rewards that you can earn through playing, like uh, expedition, something like to really work towards for expedition. Um, you know, they had those in uh, in um, uh, Tessel where, like, mm-hmm. if you maxed out your expedition level, you got a, a like, premium or basically foil copy of a, of a legendary, and then you also got a, a really cool, like, a tag you could put on your thing to say, oh, I am a, a, a great expedition player. See, I maxed out the the level. You know, it wasn't that much, and it wasn't enough to get me to play it, but, I mean, that sort of thing might give you some reasons to play expeditions outside of doing what it's kind of, I think, intended to do, which is, A, get people acquainted with... Uh, get people acquainted with cards they don't own, B, to provide an alternate experience if people want to take a break from Constructed, Uh, and C, give new players a way to earn more cards and shards uh, through gameplay. Um, So, you know, it's a really efficient way for those new players to, to... Play expedition,
0: especially when the collection's still small. And they give Um, you—they really do give you the tokens quite easily. Like you're—you're all. Yeah, you you get one every week, no matter what. Definitely do one a week. Like right, every week you should do your expedition if you're a new player. Like there's a little new player advice. Every week you're going to be guaranteed to get an epic card, and you could get upgraded to a legendary, and it gives you a lot of experience with cards that you may not own, and it helps you. One of the things that I think draft really does for card games is it helps you to like understand some of the. Um, the natural synergies that are out there and it helps you to think creatively and outside of the box because even the best crafted decks right like the top tier s tier meta decks right are piloted better by people who are really good card game players than they are by people who aren't it's not just about the cards and the randomness of the draw it's also about how flexible and capable of pivoting you are whenever you play the game and i think that expeditions does really increase uh, your ability to think outside the box and pivot and do things that you normally wouldn't do because you're playing with a sub-optimal deck which forces you to sort of be flexible and a little bit creative and uh that's one of the things that i really like about expedition i feel like there's more thought in it than in my drafted game or my normal games like my
1: uh, Well, it's a ladder. different type of, it's a different type of thought you, you, that is. thought that you put into it is uh It's a lot more improvisational as opposed to, you know, you put a lot of, before jumping and constructed, you put a lot of thought into the deck building. But then once you're in the game, you're oftentimes, you know, just running a strategy and trying to run it as perfectly and as optimally as you can. Whereas, you know, there's there's that air of, like I said, improvisation, which is just a different type of strategy and not knowing what your opponent's likely going to be playing because, you know, that's a huge part of it, you know, being able to predict what your opponent might have in a situation.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, let's uh well, why don't we go and thank our patrons? Because we have these really awesome patrons uh over here at Legends Cast that uh they make they make our life so much easier. They let us do so many cool things like uh like league play, which is getting announced uh should be next week, our first episode in February. We're gonna have some information about uh the Legends Cast Discord League season three, which if you don't remember, the winner of Legends Cast Discord League season two won fifty bucks um a, a spot on an interview for the show and also a trophy which is probably mm-hmm. still at ian's house and uh, so it is yes and uh and also a they took a legends cast pint class but tonight we're thanking our patrons and we don't have any new ones to announce this week so i want to thank them all benjamin w jonathan h jeff matthew z aaron h brendan g maxwell m levi h a- anthony p um uh escher okay cringe lord justin talbot hops Corey l lawson p matthew s mike p brian a Crail d matthew p e trex adrian matthew h turpa just <laughs> probably pronounced G- this is the thing but M- as
1: i as I listen to these, I'm like, oh, I really wonder what letters are in this. these <laughs> ones that Mark
0: is struggling with. Tur- <laughs> Dude, tr- okay, Terpa is definitely – I mispronounce. It's T-R-E-P-A. It's Trepa M. Um, Bryce ah, D., okay. Edwin V., and Christopher E. Thank you. You guys are all our patrons over at patreon.com slash legendscast. If you want to support the show, you can find a link for that in the description of the show we appreciate you i do want to like there's been some people who've been with us like a long time now i was looking at levi h has been like a dollar a month supporter but for like 20 months like that's, Jeez. A, that's a long time i mean we've had some people who've been with us for a long time as well uh you know and but but yeah just thank you guys thanks to each of you for supporting the yeah. show we really appreciate you i literally know some of these people who support us because they like what we're doing they're not even playing lor so um thank you guys for supporting us uh whether you listen to the show or not still we appreciate you and every month we give away something to one of our patrons at random and this month is no different so uh i actually have one legends cast hat here it's a flat brimmed uh flex fit it's really nice it's a super nice hat it's really really nice and then i also have a handful of legends cast pint glasses so if you win tonight uh you will uh you will get one of those things sent in the mail to you if you message me over discord so we, we drew the i drew the winner already so no reason for i guess a drum roll i should like make the noise of rolling dice or drawing from a hat or something in the background like some sort of a special. Oh, here we fact, go. Hold on. I got some dice here. You have some dice, and we're yeah, going ready? to choose the winner right now. Let's roll the dice. Oh, you could hear that. That was perfect. Our winner of Legends Cast, uh, the Legends Cast hat or pint glass, whichever you prefer, is, this month is Hopsalite. Hopsalite, congratulations! You are the Woo-hoo! winner for the month of January. We really appreciate you. Shoot me a message with your actual name so I don't have to put your fake name on a package um, and your physical address, and we will send it out. Also, let me know if you want the last hat or if you want one of the pint glasses. Thank you for being a supporter of the show. So now let's jump into our short topic for the night. And in this short topic, we're going to be discussing some cosmetics that we wish we could earn in the game. Okay, guys. uh, The the, the, mm, I'll have to edit that out. Um, No, don't. No, (laughs) be more fun if you don't. (laughs) Just leave it. Like in this case, do no segment bump. Like no segment. No, super awkward. Yeah,
1: no. I I I demand it.
0: In fact, (laughs) guys, you could have. There could have been a segment bump there, but now there's not one. Um, So cosmetics. So this game has been pretty clear. Like there's a lot of cosmetics that you can purchase. (laughs) You know, we should put the segment bump now. Showtime. Instead, (laughs) just in a random spot. Just in between. (laughs) Just in a random spot. Uh, I could probably swing that. (laughs) do that um, i demand it yeah well, I, I, could pro- I could probably i'll be listening way. um <laughs> just like jump in jump into like minute 20 and see if it happens <laughs> um so <laughs> there, there's cosmetics that we can earn in this game um or we can we can we, well there are some that we can earn right like you can get a card back and a badge or whatever like an icon for each region on the region road and then there's not much that you can earn beyond on that in terms of cosmetics there's a lot of little guys that you can buy and a lot of card backs and things that you can spend you know real money on but not many things that you can actually earn um now i'm gonna say like i'm I'm curious to know kind of dbn if there is a cosmetic for the game that you wish that you were capable of earning just kind of through play now we're going to be getting the new master system we're going to be getting a lot of stuff so you know is there something that you're looking forward and saying i don't Uh, mind giving them some money but i'd also like to be able to earn some stuff you're talking about things that already exist no 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 not necessarily they could be anything like anything it could be something that you'd like to be added into the game um that you wish that you could earn by Uh, just playing yeah that's what right okay yeah no that's uh yeah.
1: Okay. I can do that. Um, I think that the biggest thing for me is I largely really like the cosmetics, right? Um, the, like the boards all look really nice. Um, I, I think that I am pretty happy with the ones that I've purchased. I don't feel like I regret spending said money, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I feel like the... Uh by and large, I feel like the situation with the cardbacks, the situation with the guardians. If anything, the guardians are what I use the least. Um, I know that sounds silly, but so like I probably won't ever buy any more guardians than the two that I bought, which is because you like the, powder uh, monkey. I like the powder monkey and I like Cosmo the uh the case. Yeah. Um, but you know, realistically speaking, I don't really Think there's much that they're missing out besides the and as much as I just spent time saying oh yeah I'm excited to to prismatic things I will say I, I think the prismatics could be maybe a little bit cooler you know um, I I agree with that and. You know, there's plenty of examples out there, right? So, I mean, I seriously encourage anyone who maybe is newer to card games and it wants to kind of know what I'm talking about, um, check out what some of the uh fancy cards in uh, Gwent look like, uh, because uh, Gwent has some of the absolute most intense, super cool, uh, premium cards, you know, like they have full animations, right? And you know, often and sound effects like unique sound effects and stuff with them, like it is top tier. I uh I spent a good amount of time in Gwent actually before uh, I stopped playing Gwent, largely due to uh balance issues. I felt like the balance issues weren't improving to where I felt like they needed to be, but that's neither here nor there because the situation is um they were beautiful and I spent a lot of time blinging out my monsters deck. That I that I played all the time. Monsters was my faction. Um, and basically, like, I mean, I blinged that thing out and almost got a complete deck. That's how invested I was into the how the premium things worked. And, you know, even Hearthstones, I'd say that like our prismatics are kind of on the same page as the Hearthstone gold cards. Um but really, gold I think the gold cards still cooler. look a little bit cooler. Yeah, you the know, gold cards they're still better, a little right? bit cooler. And even Tesla initially, their premium system wasn't that cool. But by the end of the game's life, it was, and the premiums were just—I mean—to die for. They really looked good. They the, were like holographics with like very slight animatics on them. Yeah, um, but like, but they, the holographics—I mean—they just popped.
0: They absolutely popped, and so you wanted to use those. Which they didn't so, at first. Like I remember making fun of the mm-hmm. first sets of Tesla ones Oh like, gosh, yeah. I made fun on. of Thieves Guild recruits so much. It looks so bad, but <laughs> by the end, you're right. By the end, there were some really cool ones. And you also had the alternate art in Tessel, um, which was, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. for some players, I'm sure confusing, but I thought that that was also really cool. Like the, priz, sort of like the Holographic alternate art of cards, yeah, I thought like, it was yeah. really awesome.
1: No, the alternate arts were really cool, no doubt. Um, I loved those, yeah.
0: So, okay, so I, I was, like, thinking about this, and actually in chat, so Mad Wheels and John Beckett is are hanging out with us tonight, and they had both kind of mentioned, like, it would be really cool if we could earn boards um, of some type, like if there was a way to earn a region board um, sort of at the end of – a, a region road which I guess is still a possibility right because every time they release new stuff they keep extending those roads so I think there's the possibility like maybe maybe we do get to the point where eventually you do get like uh, a, a a board at the very end of the region probably not one of the ones that already exists. like I own the yard board and the lease in mm-hmm. board um, and I like both of those and see I'm the opposite like I love like the the little minion guys um, the Guardians. I really mm-hmm. like the Guardians. And so... And my daughter loves the Guardians. That's, like, the thing that they get me with. Like, I will buy... A, the, I bought the uh, KDA, uh, like, season pass thing um, simply because mm-hmm. the Stellacorns, like, my daughter loves the Stellacorns. And so she when i play like we when she plays with me like we play with the stellacorn pet because she really likes the stellacorn um, or i think there's like a, there's like a kda pop stellacorn as well and there's a couple mm-hmm. of different ones that she likes so she likes looking at the pets because she can poke them and make them do things and i like that as well because sometimes i like having something that i can interact with i think it'd be really fun if you could earn um, earn boards. I'm like, I'm in for that. Like the end of a region road, if you earn a board, that's different than one of the ones that you could buy would be totally in for that. The other thing is I wish that you could earn alternate art or skins for your cards. Now we know we're going to get skins in some capacity, probably for specifically champion cards in this game. Um, and we don't know exactly when that's going to come out, but we know we're going to be getting some in the future. And we're also going to be getting this mastery system. That's going to be coming out and i think it would be really cool if you hit mastery seven which i think is the highest i don't know what it's going to be but rumor Mm -hmm. is mastery seven will be the highest if you hit mastery seven with a champion like let's say mastery seven you have to win 250 ranked games with this champion in your deck if when you reach max mastery you get an alternate master skin for your card. Like there's an alt art master skin. So you didn't yeah. just get like a little badge or something or like a little mark on the card, like you got a completely different piece of artwork for your card to show that you've made it to mastery 7. Like I'm in, I'd be so in for something like that.
1: That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I can see that. Ooh, you know what else would be kind of interesting? This is like no, no, I don't think any other card game does this, but I just thought of it uh, because I've been playing Destiny a lot. uh, Nearing the end of the season, so I had to finish out my season pass. Uh, But you can do this thing where if you what's called masterwork your weapon, which means like dump a bunch of like crafting materials that you have to collect into the weapon or into the armor. Mm -hmm. But usually with the weapon, it'll uh, equip a tracker that will track the number of kills you get with it. Oh, Wouldn't okay. it be so cool to have and uh, like and they used to do that for, um, like in on uh, in Dota two they had certain skins where it would track the number of times you cast your ultimate or got kills with this ability or whatever. Wouldn't that be neat if you had like on champions you would like track the number of level ups or track the number of uh, you know cr- uh, times the Garen strikes. Oh, things yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Wouldn't
0: that be absolutely sick? Oh, it would be really cool if there was like you uh, like a unique set of achievements for each card, right? Yeah, like, like if if Twisted Fate
1: had cards thrown, like if this is the num- total number of times yeah. you have tossed a card with with TF. How it, cool would that be, man?
0: It would be cool if like I think it would be cool if each one, if each one had at least one, um, or if each one had um. Like, it may be two, right? Like, two or mm-hmm. three. And, like, depending on which ones you get, it added, like, new pieces of, art like, prismatic nature to your cards, like, or animation. Like, I'm just, this is a really bad example, but I'm looking at Noxus cards right now. Like, wouldn't it be cool if, like, if Katarina... Like you had to strike with her a certain amount of times, and after you struck with Katarina a certain amount of times, your Katarina card now her red hair is animated, right? Um, or like I don't I don't know I don't know what else what else she would do. Like she's recalled a certain amount of times, or you've thrown a certain number of blades edges while she was on the board, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but like certain achievements that you could get that would add sort of like spice to the card. So like when you see you you've played it or your opponent's played it, like oh man they've all they've like knocked out the achievements on this card like they've gone out of their way to do the achievements on the card. I think that could be something it would be really fun achievements linked to each champion uh that yeah, unlocked no, cosmetics would be awesome. Um and and I really do think it would be cool like if you hit like let's say you hit mastery with x amount of champions from a specific region you earned a, a a special region unique guardian right like let's say you hit like mastery seven on four on four demacia champions will you get this like really cool version of like the little bird pet from demacia that uh that you have now because oh you've you've hit mastery so now it's showing not only do i have dedication to a certain champion but you sort of have some region loyalty as well that says like oh i've i've really worked hard in this region to get mastery up on a bunch of champions and now i can show off this cool little cosmetic that shows sort of my region loyalty to demacia i think anything that increases region loyalty in this game could be really cool as well because i think people want to be loyal to a region but in card games that's really hard to create and sustain
1: yeah, uh it, well, especially in a game where you you are largely disincentivized to uh you know, to to play that way, right? Where like playing like ignoring a region or only using one region uh, puts you at a disadvantage in deck building or, or like just playing the latter. You know, you could just jam the one thing all the time, but also it's just not as fun. Yeah. So yeah, I think um yeah, I, I think that basically you would want to uh, set up a situation where where it's like a event pass style thing. Okay. Like, it's not a, all the time. I think that an event pass thing where it's going for like a month, but where like at the beginning you pick a route to follow. Oh, a region to follow. Okay. A region to follow. And then the, as you play that region over the event pass, You'll unlock a bunch of region things. But then because then it also gives a little bit of exclusivity to it. Not everybody who you know, everybody who supported Noxus, they won't get the Bilgewater ones. So if mm-hmm. you, you know, if you go and you get all the Bilgewater stuff and you start showing it off in game, only you and your other Bilgewater, you know,
0: mates oh, are gonna are gonna
1: have that. And how cool is that? Speaking like
0: of that. speaking of event passes, so we've had the KDA event which of course gave us a lot of stuff that didn't really fit the theming of Runeterra and we had the Falling Blossoms event um which gave us a lot of cool stuff, but a lot of pink stuff. Um, And uh, we're going to have another event that comes up with Shamira. So this isn't technically free. Like these aren't cosmetics that you can earn for free. But once you buy the event pass, you can earn a lot more cosmetics than what you paid for the event pass, right? Like there's a good value if you finish your event pass. So what are some things that you would like to see in the next event, whether that be the theme of the event or the type of cosmetics that we get or a new type of cosmetic that we could get? um what are some things like what is something that if a new event pass came out that would really get you jazzed up and would automatically you know you would buy it for 10 bucks because you didn't buy the kda event pass if i'm correct i did not yeah i I did not buy
1: it yeah it um hmm i think it comes down to really it's not that i don't like the guardians it's not that i don't like the boards uh i think putting a board in the event pass would be better especially if you wanted someone to play to the top end of the event pass that to me is like, well, then put put something in there that's really not just a you know a reskin of a uh, guardian. Not that they're not cute, but you know put something really impactful at the end of it. Um, and there were some card backs, I like card backs. I'm, I'm good with card backs. Again, I don't really have an issue with what they have currently. It's oftentimes either a, you know, the quality doesn't strike me as something that I want. Uh, or b, they're just a little bit less cool than some of the other games that I've played. It's not a knock on them. It's not saying I dislike it. It's just mm-hmm. saying like, I guess like i've seen I've seen better if that's if that's not weird to
0: say, you know no, I don't think uh, so, so here's my thought on the event pass. Um, I would love to see them do away with giving you shards. Um, on the event pass and uh, they can give you wild cards i'd love to see them give you the red shards that allow you to make something prismatic that would get me to buy the event pass a way to grind up and more reliably gain those shards that might be able to unlock a prismatic champion for me for example um i don't mind the guardians on there but i would really dig seeing like i like the i like the fact that you get like several card backs you typically get a couple of icons Um, I really do like the emotes that you get. Um, I would love to see you get a board at the end of it instead of them releasing a board that you can buy separately. I'd love to see them release a board that you can buy separately by all means, but then also release a second board that is at the end of the event pass because it could kind of complete the package of the stuff that you're getting. Because as of right now, the only way to complete the package is to buy it. And they could make a cooler board. Like I'd love to see them do like a non-interactive board at the end of the event pass. And then create a separate board under the same theme that looks different, that's interactive, that you can purchase. Like, I'd love to see them pull some of the boards out beyond the money barrier and then put, like, these really cool, super interactive boards behind money because I would buy a pretty interactive board. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm less prone to buy a non-interactive region-specific board because then I feel like I can only play it with that region. Um, And then some of the other boards just really don't fit the theming, to be honest with you, like the KDA board, the arcade board. I haven't bought them because they don't really fit where Legends of Runeterra is right now in terms of, like, the overall theme. That could change if you get, like, champion skins and stuff. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's some stuff I'd like to see. Um, I had one other thing that I would love to see from an event pass as well. Oh, just, like, overall theme. Like... I want something. I hate to say it this way. I I hope it doesn't come across poorly. I'd love something that's manly. Like, um, it doesn't have to Mm. be lumberjack themed, but I would love something that isn't either K-pop or pink. And and that's not saying anything to knock K-pop or pink. Keep in mind, I bought both event passes and I've unlocked all of the cosmetics and I do use some of them. However, I would love like... I mean, one of my favorite like uh, guardians is the dragon guardian uh, that I picked up when Shivana came out, because I think the dragon guardian is really cool. You can interact with them a little bit. Um, I would love to see some more, I don't know, tougher looking, maybe more serious uh, looking guardians and, and cosmetics like. That that I would dig. It seems like they have some of those, like the Riven card back and stuff. Certainly is that the Shavana card back is that, mm-hmm. but it's like the stuff from the event passes so far yeah. really not like
1: well and and jazz. I yet. guess that does speak to the fact of you know, what I was saying, like it the quality of it. It doesn't just mean like what the uh, like if it's a good looking thing, it matters. It does it appeal to me personally. And besides the board, I really liked the stage, like the the stage board. board. I like that that board, but I didn't really care for any of the uh, uh, card backs. I didn't really like any of the emotes that much. Like it just. Yeah, you're you're right. It's not that it wasn't manly. It just wasn't my style. I mean, Gibbles and Bits would make fun of me if he was in here. But I mean, like you—you you could put any in any game. You could put an old Western-themed uh, anything, and I—and I'll eat it up. Like, you give me a give me anyone with a six shooter, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh heck yeah, yeah. Like, give me you know, a, you know, a cowboy on a horse, somebody in a with a cowboy hat and a duster, like anything like that. And I'll be like, yes, give it to me. Uh, that's my cup of tea. If you give me anything that's like. Uh, well, I don't think I'd like it in this as much. Again, alternate universe stuff is I'm not I'm not knocking anyone who likes it, but it, I'd rather keep everything like, you know, uh, on lore, you know, if possible. But um but yeah, like like you said, like if we had some sort of like really cool like uh especially if we had a, a, a wintry uh, frail yord themed event pass. Yeah. I'd be all into it. Yeah, or, give me that Norse stuff
0: all day. I was thinking like even like yeah, like like the Norse style stuff would be cool. Uh like I could imagine like a, like a a viking style boat as a board um would be fun. Like I could take uh I mean I like mm, the pirate. That would be all oh, that would be well yeah.
1: Yeah, we've got the pirate one but no, I'm on board with that. Ha. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm on uh, I'm on board. Well, with, I, I mean yeah like thinking, a, like Viking theme the pirate theme stuff like you could go like in a Kraken direction right and like you could get some yes. really cool looking oh stuff my gosh. like I'm thinking like if you went Noxus like if we had a Noxus themed event pass that was like the might and the like the ongoing war of the Noxians right and you had these like mm-hmm. sort of like metal almost like hardcore like war uh, themed stuff I think would be a lot of fun I actually love like the Ionian samurai and sort of monk themed stuff but they just turned a lot of it pink. Like they turned too much of it pink for me was was what it was in the end of the day. And, and yeah. the blossoms aren't even necessarily pink. They're typically red, um, but I don't know. I don't live in Japan, so maybe I'm wrong about that. And and probably in Ionia, they're pink And because Ionia is you know, obviously not a real place um but you know i could be down for something like that i'm even thinking like in the game dragons in lol are a big deal and so is baron nasher which is this giant worm kraken type creature that you can kill like give me a baron nasher themed event where we get like a baron nasher themed lab where Mm -hmm. you and your friends have to team up and beat baron and you get like a baron you can like earn a baron card back and like a crazy baron like a mini baron uh like little guardian guy that like comes up out of the ground would be really cool i just think there are a lot of things uh would be really cool yeah like mad wheels is saying in chat like a noxus versus ionia war themed um would be a really fun one and i could get on board with a lot of that stuff i just hope that the next event pass that we get which is certainly going to do with shamira right so it's going to be desert themed i would imagine i just hope That it's sort of inside the, the context of the universe, and I hope that they give me some stuff that's not colored pink. And a little bit darker, I would take. That would be cool.
1: Yeah, no, just just something yeah, something a little more serious, I guess. Because I think that that's what, what's getting down to. The two event passes were very
0: whimsical. Yeah, and I would take something uh, more serious for sure.
1: And, you know, um, I mean, Hearthstone had a lot of success being extremely whimsical right? So, like, you can't knock it, and that's one of the things I like about the game, is I like getting to play the Dreg Dredgers and hear their funny voice lines, you know? Like, I love that. Don't take that away. No. But I will say, from an aesthetic standpoint, I did love that Tessel and Gwent had very serious visual tones, you know? Um, Even if sometimes you have a quirky card here and there, or a voice line that just Mm -hmm. sounded dumb or goofy, like, that was fine. Um, And actually, I found quite a lot of humor in Gwent. Uh, You know, Gwent was... For my complaints about the game's eventual design direction, from in terms of like balancing and stuff like that, everything about that game, like in terms of aesthetics, in terms of like the core design philosophies, if not the uh, the the power creep and the balancing issues. Um, You know, but also just the, yeah, the visual presentation, the cards, the reward system, all of it felt really finely tuned and just very, very impressive. Um, And I, I think that they always struck that really nice balance of some really intense, serious cards and serious issues, but with a very wry, sarcastic tone. With a lot of their, you know, card voice lines and stuff like that. Some of them were serious, but a lot of them were kind of humorous and kind of just poking fun, you know, at the the serious nature and uh, maybe a little bit of uh, what what do they call it? Uh, not like morbid uh, humor, but like gallows humor. Mm -hmm. You know, which I loved. So I just think that maybe something closer along those lines. Now, I know, you know, LOL is a very diverse and, you know, you've got some goofy characters. You have got some also super edgy, intense characters, Mm -hmm. you know, but maybe give us a little bit more intensity on some of the uh, the aesthetic side of things. uh, And that would check my box a little bit more, too.
0: Yeah, and I'm fine with a whimsical take on it as well. Like if you look at uh, like what Hearthstone did with the Old Gods expansion, where you add like Cthulhu and C'Thun and Yog saron and like these are pretty, you know, I mean, we're literally the next episode of the Mulligan, which you get access to if you're a patron. We're going to be talking about Call of Myth, which is a uh, Cthulhu themed card game, which is probably the very opposite opposite of whimsical when it comes to your playing. Um, and I mean, honestly, that was one of the things that drew me into Tessel was the fact that it wasn't whimsical and I don't mind whimsical, but I do want, like, I don't mind a whimsical take on a rather serious theme, as long as it's not completely over the top, which is why old gods was my favorite expansion overall for Hearthstone by a mile, right? Like I love that expansion. So I would love to see some of that in, I'd love to see some of that come to, to LOR for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, why don't we move on and talk about our main topic for tonight? Time for the main event okay guys our main topic for tonight is we're going to continue our uh our draft or what is it like a crafting ca- crafting guide crafting guide so we started yeah. a crafting guide last week and we didn't know if people would find it helpful but people did end up finding it helpful so we thought okay well you know at least until we get some new cards uh we'll go back to the crafting guide and maybe even revisit it so we decided tonight we're going to start with noxus we may get to more than one not sure um but we're going to at least start by looking at the cards from noxus and telling you or give you a quick rundown of In case you missed last episode, it's like we're looking at okay, what cards are safe to craft? what cards are cards that you can craft if you're looking to play a very specific type of deck and what cards are trap cards that are just bad right that you might think are good but probably are just not good that you're not going to end up wanting to play Um, and Noxus is one of the worst for this and we've had plenty of conversation about Noxus so what we do is we start with champions and we work our way down by the time we get to commons we don't really tell you everything because there's so many commons we just give you a couple of like really hardcore staples. Um, DBN do you want to take a look at the noxus champions and start us off there what is your advice for crafting with noxus champs
1: yeah so noxus is interesting because um i personally feel that noxus as a primary faction is mostly uh aggro designated when you start getting out of the champions and out of the epics and into a lot of the, you know, core cards and rare and common, you'll find that most of it facilitates a very aggressive play style. Um, And what that means is when aggro is strong, Noxus is strong as a region. Mm -hmm. Um, And when aggro is less strong, Noxus is less strong as a primary faction. And what I mean by that is not by saying... Uh, you know, you can't play Noxus. Like, Noxus doesn't have strong decks, but rather that Noxus is not doing, uh, is not making up the majority of the deck.
0: Uh, and so, yeah, like, you, it's you'll like an, definitely an, an add on to the deck.
1: It, or, you know, there might be a certain couple of Noxus cards that really facilitate a great combo or great playstyle. So, Noxus will be part of a strong deck, but it won't make up the majority of the cards in that deck. Um, at least not very often. So you kind of have to take that approach when looking at Noxus and saying do I want to play a very aggressive deck? If so, hey, great. I'm in the right place, but if you like playing uh, more mid-rangey or control decks You can look at one or two uh, You know synergies and packets and after that you might want to look elsewhere uh, If you're looking to get a lot of value out of Noxus uh, when crafting and um, I mean, at least that—that's where I'm starting it. But I assume we're going to start with champions again. That's what we did last time, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So tell me what you would, what do you, what are your thoughts on the Noxus champions? What are safe crafts? What are traps? What are niche kind of niche crafts? Well,
1: I think with this, we we went like backwards last time, right? Where we talked about which ones we think are traps. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it's pretty safe to say, at least for me, I would argue that Katarina and Vladimir are traps. I would definitely say that those two are the trap cards. You should not craft them uh, until you have a deck that you really want to play them in. And right now, I don't feel that there are there is enough of a case to be made for either of these to warrant crafting them, unless you're a glutton for punishment.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll share my thoughts in a minute, but continue. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, I mean, so then I guess I would say
1: for my second tier, I kind of tier these in three. I look at ones that are good, but not like all rounders, Mm -hmm. you know, and then ones that are like top tier. Uh, And and with champions, you can kind of phrase it as top tier because I feel like unlike commons, you know, when you're crafting, champions are the build-arounds. Yeah, I agree. As opposed to like commons and rares, like you're looking for cards that are going to get value in multiple decks, uh, whereas champions, you can't ask them to be in decks that they're not in. Uh, (laughs) so uh, but when we when we look at that second tier these are cards that are strong and playable but maybe not uh you know top tier maybe still getting experimented with but but are decent enough to fill in a slot on their own um and so when you look at that i think draven riven and darius all fall into that category of cards that have decks that you can play with uh darius may be a little less so nobody really goes to darius but i've seen darius be kind of played as a top-end finisher Uh, in quite a few decks. He's not bad on his own. He just doesn't feel enough like a champion for my tastes. But he's not bad when you don't have something else you want to slot in. I don't think I'd really say, like, craft him first, but I can't really put him in the trap category either. So he's in this weird middle ground, if you ask me. But Draven and Riven are both really strong champions. Uh, They do different things, but both of them are perfectly fine to play uh, in a myriad of, of lists. Draven, just because he has quick attack, He's always going to be a good 3-drop, even if you don't try to level him up or aren't playing discard packages. Um, his spinning axes can still be useful uh, to trick trades here and there. Riven, same token to a degree, uh, being able to generate some good uh, like burst-level attack buffs, especially the ones where you have a 1-3 chance of getting quick attack. That's pretty darn good. Uh, And I think that there's a lot of fun to be had with Riven. So, like, you could craft Riven if you're looking for an engaging, interesting playstyle. And Riven, I have have personally paired Riven with about three or four other factions to decent success. Maybe not amazing, but I've won a significant amount of games with Riven with both Targon and with um, uh, Demacia and Freljord. So, it's playable. It's definitely playable. Um, and then I think, obviously, for anyone who's been listening for a while, should come as no surprise. Swain is a top tier craft. Uh, Swain is just exceptionally strong, exceptionally versatile. He has an entire uh, kind of game plan uh, package with his Leviathan yeah. uh, card that pairs with him, and uh, he goes great with multiple factions. I, I seriously like think Swain might be the best. I don't want to say the best champion in the game, but like the most like, coherent, uh, easy-to-plug-and-play champion. Like, he's got a package of about, like, four cards that you can just plug into a region, and the, the region probably is playable.
0: Swain's very strong and i would agree with that statement so okay so let me give you my assessment really quick and mine is similar but a little different so i did go with trap cards mine is vladimir and katarina but i'm also putting darius in the list and and let me explain why it is not because darius is necessarily a bad card but it is because when you start off you will think i think that darius is a good card oh my gosh overwhelming 10 attack I'm just going to smash people's face with this giant guy. Giant... I mean after all you win the game by taking someone's nexus to zero, right? But I think that Darius ends up could be could be a trap card because he may be a card that you want to craft in the beginning as you're learning the game a little bit. And we said before, if you're new to the game, Darius is actually a pretty good champion to play with because he's very straightforward. But in the long run, you're probably not going to play Darius, not until they rework him, right? You're going to get him. And then in the long run, you're going to go on to something else that is maybe a little bit more engaging and a little bit more tricky and a little bit more fun. Katarina and Vlad are just bad. Um, my tier two, quote unquote, like, build around, if you like it, you might be able to play it is Riven right now. And that's the only one in that category. Um, Riven is uh, unique and all of the ways that DBN said, and I don't really need to go back over any of them. Um, I really enjoy playing Riven, but she hasn't found the place where she's strong yet, but I think that she will. Like Riven's the type of card who down the line might find a really strong place if paired with the correct champion. Riven needs paired with the right thing, I think. Um, And then my, you can go ahead and craft them. And I think that you're completely safe is Swain and Draven, which I think that my and DBN's thought about Draven is very similar. Draven has found its way into a handful of different decks and has never really been that far off of a top tier deck, simply because he's a three mana, three, three, that puts cards in your hand that you can discard and he has quick attack right out the gate. And that alone makes Draven a very strong, aggressive champion. So if you like playing Aggression, if you're crafting in Noxus, you probably like playing Aggression, then Draven is a really good card. And I think that Draven has been sort of a staple aggro card for a long time. Um, Swain, on the other hand, is not an aggro card, but a very strong card, a very safe craft. And you can actually dip a thing. The unique thing about Swain is you can dip just a little bit into crafting cards in Noxus and get the Swain package with three champions Champions, and really, you could do three champions a couple of commons and three epics and you can pick up the Swain package and be able to play Noxus in sort of a mid-range control fashion, probably more control um, without having to get in and craft anything else in Noxus because Swain actually doesn't, like DBN said, doesn't require a lot of Noxus to be played with Noxus Um, and I think that is one of the unique and cool parts. So if you're like, I'm not really into Noxus, I'm not really into aggro, um, but I would like maybe to try it out, then like Swain and the couple cards that go around him in his package are like the must go to crafts um and i agree i think that swain is one of the swain when combined with leviathan and kind of some of the other pieces that go around him whether that be draven swain tf swain ezreal swain swain is probably one of the most powerful champions in the game right now and 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 maybe has been for a long time yeah i mean swain has been good since the day he started he's never seen a nerf he's always been very comfortably in like high b to a tier decks like quite comfortably yeah. there there's some tools around him that like he can't get paired with like there's some stuff that he's been paired with before that's been better than others um but it does seem like the stuff around him typically gets a little bit of a nerf which makes him not quite as good but rarely will never him so far so yeah. uh i think i think swain's good that fearsome is really good on him and if played well um he can really dominate a game like he has a way of closing yeah. out games with leviathan
1: Yeah, it's a Leviathan, you can play him early in the game without fear of not drawing him again, which can allow him to really pressure your opponent by them saying, well, crap, I can't let him go unblocked, and he has a good defensive stat block, uh, which basically forces your opponent to play suboptimal board trades. And then later in the game, you don't mind if that first copy that you played on turn five or six dies, because on turn eight or nine, you can drop Leviathan and refill another copy into your hand. By that point in the game, he's leveled up. And if you can manage to get Leviathan and Swain on the board together, you basically win the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Unless you're playing against like a really hard removal deck and yeah, like something it's, slower it's and greedier the, than you, which there's not a lot out there. It's
1: one of the strongest end game plays that you can make. Uh, because and it, it ends just, at eight. <laughs> like that. Right. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, and also because like it's just a matter of the fact that you don't have to hold Swain back. That's so that that can't be understated or, or overstated. Like Swain getting to play your first copy of Swain whenever you feel like it is so crucial, and the ability to know that you can just pull one later with Leviathan. Basically, you have six copies of Swain. You know uh, that just means that you're not holding it back, holding it back, and waiting to play this combo. He's allowed to get on the board and start doing work himself, and then set up those future plays, slow the opponent down. It's just a really strong card, and and one that Noxus is desperately needs because I I do feel that Noxus's champions are on the weaker side relative to a lot of the other factions.
0: Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of Noxus champions can't find a place. Um, um, let Let's move on to epics, and I'll I'll start off with epics. I on, will say, oh, go ahead. One more time. I will say
1: one one more time. If you are crafting purely for the best voice lines in the game, better go get <laughs> Draven first.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously we think that way because somehow Draven right. ended up becoming the number one supporter of our show and does all of our yeah. intros and outros. Uh, Draven is a
1: Patreon supporter. Yeah. Uh,
0: and in fact, Little actually, you know. uh,
1: I don't know. I don't remember uh, who we rolled right off the top of my head, but Draven actually won this month for the giveaway. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not Hopsalite. Sorry, it was Draven. <laughs> Not Hopsalite. It was Draven. Draven, Draven Sorry, wins Hopsalite. again like he does every month. Um, right. Okay, so uh, for Epics for Noxus, there's a lot of bad cards in, Nex- in, uh, in Epics yeah, there for are. Noxus. A lot of really bad cards. In fact, so much so, I would say there's only two go ahead and craft them. Craft them. One maybe craft and the rest just never craft. So my two go-ahead-and-craft-them are uh, Captain Farron, which I think is probably the best all-around epic in in Noxus, for me um of course he's the eight mana eight eight with overwhelm and when he somebody creates three decimates in hand decimates are a five mana deal four to the enemy nexus he is a finisher and often is a finisher for a lot of decks just in and of himself and i think he's just such a big top end threat he's actually one of my favorite high cost epics in the game but uh all of the rest are not great now leviathan is incredible if you're playing swain if you're not playing yeah. swain leviathans you have no use for it but Leviathan, if you're playing Swain Captain Farron and then Cato the arm is my honorable mention um, I think that Cato the arm can find play um he isn't seeing a lot of play right now but he has in the past and I think that Cato the arm is is a pretty good card uh you know so that's my other one. Everything else for me, avoid it, like the plague, with the exception of like maybe Reckoning has seen some play. Um, Baskless, Bloodseeker, yeah, but you're, you're never
1: going to play more than one Reckoning. So I would just hold off. I was thinking about Reckoning, actually, yeah. and including that. But then I was like, no, you're never going to play it. Just hold off and see if you, if, if you pull a single copy. Uh, and then if you do decide you really need it, go craft it. But like not until you see a list that runs it. Uh, I would never craft Reckoning, and I would just hope to pull a copy, and then, oh, cool, I've got one. It's a tech card. It's a good tech card, but it's fallen out of favor of late, and really, there's a lot of ways to to kind of play around it and counter it, too, so I would just leave that off your Christmas list, but otherwise, I thoroughly agree, and I was actually thinking Captain Farad might just be the best late-game card, late-game finisher, like, not combo, but a specific, just one card, yeah. End game card uh, in in Runeterra. There's definitely an argument for it. He's very very good. He, you know, if you're playing any sort of mid range or control deck, he can be a win condition in of himself. Just um, and of course, not just the the eight eight overwhelm, which is nice, but the three decimates really force your opponents to play differently. Um, yeah, cool cool uh, cool card. Leviathan, good. Uh, everything else is pretty bad. I just really hope they buff Nox Cry Arena because it's a neat card.
0: Yes, but bad, but really, but bad. really, really bad. <laughs> and also, I'm
1: sorry, how did Arrel, Ar- 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 the Tracker, how did that card get printed with those stats? So bad, really bad It, stats. it would be a good card if they increased the stats. If this was a 4-6, then it would be fine. Maybe, maybe it would <sighs> be fine. 2-5 Maybe. is really bad stats, and it's such cool artwork, too.
0: Yeah, it should be a
1: five-five. I think it should just be a 5-5. Five, five. six-man mana five-five.
0: Yeah, it's so hard. The artwork in the on the card is really good. Like I, I really love the artwork. I love these like hounds. I don't really know what they are, yeah. but I do know this: if my if, if my D and D game ever runs into Noxians, I'm using whatever these cool dog yeah. creatures are with the armored That'd faces, and you're gonna fight yeah. against them. So, yeah. Uh, and also this chick who found some way to wear a, like a tube top that's also armor. I don't know. You know, they- they, Who supplied uh, her with that, but- I mean, look, uh,
1: gosh. You know, I, I was going to say, like, this is the the, the that's going to get you Darth Mauled really
0: fast. Yeah. <laughs> right through the middle section, right there. through the midriff. And yeah. there is the name Ooh. for the episode. That's going to get you Darth Mauled real fast. Uh, I hope it is the name. It, it is. Make it so. It already is. Uh, it's the future me is telling you that it already okay. is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, rares, Noxian Rares. Um, Got it. Yeah, you're up. Okay, uh,
1: so looking at the rares, there's a pretty wide variety of things here. Um, But a lot of them in this rare category are very, very specific to certain play styles. Mm -hmm. You don't want to like knock those cards, you know? So I'm going to go, I'm not going to call out traps. I'm going to call out like, like Must Crafts and then Good Crafts is what I'm going to do. So for this one, if I'm looking at Must Crafts, I'm going to have to say, uh, you really just have the Culling Strike um, and maybe Ravenous Flock. It's There's not a lot of must crafts. I, I really don't feel good about saying like auto craft anything but Culling Strikes and even that is a card that you probably, you, you don't run in every deck. There's a lot of other like good cards, just not must craft cards. So for good cards, I would definitely say, you know, Ravenous Flock, if you, if you decide it's not a must craft. Uh, Noxian Guillotine is a, is a nice, tricky one of that I love putting in Noxus decks and always screws people up. Uh, Brutal Hunter is one that's brand new, but I've had a lot of success with. I love Brutal Hunter. Interesting. Um, Brutal Hunter is great. And then I also got to say, uh, oh, there's Trifarian Assessor. So yeah. Fire and Assessor is a pretty important card in a lot of Ash Sedge decks, um, even though it got nerfed a little bit. Uh, Minotaur Reckoner is a great card in Yasuo and not great in anything else, but but in Yasuo, I really prefer Minotaur Reckoner really to a lot of the uh the more expensive that uh, Mind Splitter. I, I prefer to run the Reckoner. Um and then the only other one that maybe you didn't have on your radar, but is a pocket pick for me and Gibbles and Bits is uh Armored Tusk Rider. Seriously, this card is one of the most underappreciated cards in it's the really game. It's really hard to deal. Only with. only held back by the fact that there's not a great Noxus mid-range deck that needs it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like um there is bones in here in Noxus by the way. There are bones of a really good striking overwhelm deck. Yeah, like an overwhelm deck that wants to strike to remove people that are blocking your overwhelm unit so you can like blast through the face. And in that deck, armored tusk rider would be an MVP. Absolutely. Um, I I found myself splashing them in like a spiders, like a Noxus deck with spiders, uh, putting the tusk riders in as like a top end threat, and then running like a copy of uh, what's the one that um, smashes people in the face from Shadow Isles, uh, with will you blow up a guy and do that damage to the face
0: uh yeah yeah I, I i know what you're talking about yeah it's
1: killing me now why yeah. am i not com-
0: deals one and yeah, drains he, one yeah
1: no 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 atrocity is what i'm thinking oh of. Atrocity. atrocity
0: oh oh gotcha yeah that makes yeah. more sense mm-hmm. um
1: so yeah no um i think that one is definitely a a a decent craft especially if you want to play around with something a little unconventional but will definitely catch your opponents by surprise
0: yeah it's a good card so, oh, so there's something that's really interesting about Noxus, and that is that the cards get better the lower in rarity you go. It's actually one of the cheapest yep. regions to craft because the absolute best must crafts are actually all common cards in Noxus. Yep. Um, so it's really, in, in the, it, it tends towards aggro the lower you go as well. Like the lower down you go, the must crafts become more and more aggro focused. So for me, the must crafts in rares is Ravenous Flock, and I would say three of them. It, it's a really good card. I would say two copies of calling strike and one copy of Noxian Guillotine. Noxian Guillotine. Th- those are the three for me. I would not craft three Noxian Guillotines, that's for sure. Maybe two at max depending on your deck. Um yeah. Honor- and we are and it should be said that we here at Legends Cast are
1: a lot higher on the Guillotine than like a lot of other people.
0: Yeah, I like Guillotine
1: um yeah, I do. we we both are, are we bo- so like maybe take that with a grain of salt i agree with you but a lot of people would tell you otherwise we we happen to think that Noxian Guillotine is a great card
0: yeah okay and then from there like maybe crafts right depending on what you're playing arena battlecaster mm-hmm. is an aggro card oh i missed that one so yeah. arena battlecaster aggro um a trifarian glory seeker is a must have if you're playing ash sedge um that that deck that wants to get things above five attack trifarian glory seeker the two mana five one with camp block and challenger um mm-hmm. crowd favorite is a uh, uh, mentioned for me because it's another one in the go wide aggro decks so if you're playing if you're like really into aggro crowd favorite is a very good card and then uh trifarian assessor uh, like dvn had mentioned is a card in uh in like the Nox Sedge decks. So really it's like aggro and Nox Sedge that are kind of like in here. Even decimate, I would not craft three of them, but if you're playing like Burn Aggro, Decimate is typically you're gonna have two copies of it in your deck. And Minotaur Reckoner if you're playing Yasuo, but you shouldn't be playing Yasuo. So um yeah. don't craft that. Um, the so, rest so no, of the cards, so, no. So no
1: love for the Brutal Hunter? Uh n- I've never played it. Oh, you gotta play it, man. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I play that with uh with Riven. I'll curve out Riven, get the Brutal Hunter.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would probably really be a good combination. With yeah, I, would, I mean, yeah. she would definitely be better with Riven. I, I guess yeah. the only other one I would say is that Vision right. is not a card that I've literally ever played, but if you're playing very specifically discard aggro, that card goes in discard aggro. Yeah. So like, there's not a lot in here that I would say just craft it. It's going to be safe. Almost everything in the rare category, and mm-hmm. even, even, to be honest with you, even Ravenous Flock, Calling Strike, and Guillotine, um, even all three of those, like look at the deck you're trying to build and see if it's in there before you go and craft them because there's not a ton of cards in here that it's like, oh yeah, guarantee this is going to go in lots of decks. They're all in like either specifically Ash Sedge or like fast-paced wide aggro decks, burn decks.
1: And we're only mentioning those because Ash Sedge is a great deck. Like there's a lot of cards in here that you would craft if you wanted to play a different strategy. If you want to play discard, if you want to play self-damage, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, I intentionally was like, I'm going to get off my Vladimir soapbox for this discussion, you know? Um, but like, you have Crimson Disciple. Yes. Amazing card, if you know? You're and maybe self-damage. sometimes played in burn, but if you're playing self damage, that's what it's meant for, right? Um, you know, so you've got a lot of those things Crimson Awakener, it, the rare slot, and really just Noxus in general is, in, and maybe this is why Noxus is not performing in a, in a like, the same way that a lot of other factions are performing, but everything is really splintered into a lot of uh, play styles that don't complement each other. Mm. One of the things that, like, if when I evaluated Shadow Wiles a while back, one of the things that makes Shadow Wiles so dang strong and impressive, uh, at least especially early in the, in the duration of the game, Shadow Wiles was the strongest faction for a long time. And the reason why was, you had all of these splintering, uh, like, subclasses that you want, want to play, but they complement each other. So you can run Mist Wraiths and Fearsome. You can run, um, you know, uh, uh, Last Gasp creatures and um, Ephemerals. You know, you can run Ephemerals and Fearsome. Like, you can just pair these in different ways. You know, there's a lot of crossover. Noxus does not have much crossover at all. And that's uh, the weakness, I feel, uh, of a lot of these rarities, these rare cards, is that they just don't cross over into uh,
0: other decks. They're all very, very specific. Yeah, I I agree I agree. Uh, okay, so the last section is commons. It's commons for Noxus. Um, DBN, do you want to kick us off with commons? This is a hard one because there's a ton of cards that you can mention in Noxus commons that all go in very specific decks.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be really cutthroat for this one. Oh, okay, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you your three must crafts, and then we can talk about other maybe crafts. Oh, geez, but your three must hard. crafts. Uh yeah I don't I don't feel like it's that hard to get the 3 mus cuz there's a lot of I want to to crafts but yeah. there's not a lot of uh, muskets crafts the mus crafts death's hand
0: yes yep yep
1: Noxian fervor mm-hmm. and in my opinion scorched earth
0: Oh interesting Uh
1: I think scorched earth is really important and it's going to become more important as the game goes on and more landmarks are in the game so uh it's it's probably the most usable landmark removal Card. Um, but those are my three must crafts. Uh, I wouldn't craft three scorched earth by the way. but I think you should get one copy. If you're planning to play Noxus. get one copy, maybe two copies in your, uh, collection
0: quick. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. There's uh, so I will agree. I will agree. and fervor death's hand were like two must crafts for me. Like if I, if I was to really try to be brutal, I think that those two would go in it. And I don't know. I kind of want to give an honorable mention to House Spider, actually. Um, Because house spider is used in a lot of stuff because it's used really well as a chump blocker Um, And that is used in a lot of controller decks that want to kind of go late uh, a lot of swing decks It's also used in spider aggro decks. It is a way to go wide as well So I actually that that is probably a really unpopular pick but i've always been kind of high on house spiders So if I was gonna say here's a couple that are like, yep, we you need to craft these noxian fervor Death's hand and house spider and then a bunch of like you might want to craft them right and i'll just give you a quick heads up on what they're in draven's biggest fan draven decks legion saboteur burn decks precious pet aggro decks imperial demolitionist burn decks legion grenader burn decks um arachnoid sentry uh swain decks Uh, Those are, like, I I think those are the other ones. And then I have not really played much Scorched Earth. I would give Scorched Earth an honorable mention on my side as well. But Mm -hmm. those are the ones, like, that I would say are, like, they go to very specific decks, so if you know what deck you're going to play, like this is a case to go and look and see what Noxus commons are actually in the deck, and go get those because those are all good cards. Depending on your play style, right? A lot of them are aggressive, though. Yeah. A lot of them are aggressive. And when I say burn versus aggro, there's a discard aggro, and then there are there have been like Noxus burn decks. A lot of those cards can be run in either. Not all of them, but many of them can be run. Like Draven's biggest fan, of course, you're never going to run him unless you're running Draven. But he is a one-mana tutor for Draven. Yeah. You run this guy if you're running Draven, right? <laughs> because he's a one-mana 2-1. One. He's an aggressive static one drop that draws Draven. Um, you want that. Like, you definitely want that in your Draven deck. Yeah, um,
1: you've got the, like, the Reforged ones, like Rune Weaver, Weapon Hilt, uh, the yeah. one with Blade Squire, you know, for Riven. Uh You've got the um, I mean, if I'm gonna give you some some honorable mentions, I'm gonna avoid the ones that are too specific, you know, like 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 Draven's biggest biggest fan. But you're right, Draven's biggest fan is uh really important for Draven. Like I said, the Blade Squire and whatnot. But if I'm looking at these, I'm gonna tell you I think Precious Pet is a just a value one drop that can go in a variety of aggro lists. It goes in spiders, it's just it's just precious pet's a great what aggressive one drop. In multiple decks. Uh, and then I want to say, um, for my other honorable mentions, I think that Might... I put hmm. one Might in pretty much any uh, Noxus list. Sometimes two. Just the ability to slap Overwhelm and plus three attack to punch through the last bit of damage is absolutely huge. It makes it a really, really strong card that a lot of people don't main deck like consistently in refined lists, but definitely merits a look. Uh, and then the other one that I'd say for honorable mention has to be Whirling Death. It kind of goes with what I was talking about earlier with the Armor Tusk Rider. But like Whirling Death, I I don't know if it's quite at the three by standpoint, but I will put two copies in Noxus in a heartbeat, and I think that that is a like the overwhelmed striking list is one that I think is going to get developed. I think it's going to be impactful at some point in this game. And Gibbles and Bits and I are are have been racking our brains and testing and and finding different variants to use Whirling Death. It has become like weirdly the one that that we talk about the most. We're always like, "Yo, Whirling Death is incredible. Whirling Death is amazing. It it is. It's we we just got to find that perfect list." For it to really, really shine, but even in lists where it doesn't shine, it's something that can prop up an experimental list, especially with all of the overwhelm that's out there. Whirling Death can prop up a, you know, that that Johnny side where you're you're really trying to stretch the boundaries of the imagination with Noxus, and you think that the most obvious place to do that in is in these mid range lists with a lot of overwhelm. But I've also played a lot of, um, like, uh, Demacia where I was like, well, this is basically Mono Demacia. What am I going to go fetch? Whirling Death. Uh, it's it's an all-arounder. It's a great card. It's really, really strong. Uh, because unlike single combat, you don't get striked back. I, I just, like, in a bubble, this card's incredible. Uh, I think that I can see some newer players who are still getting used to the game uh, and maybe not having as refined of lists finding Whirling Death to be a really good card to just slot in if they don't have something.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. John Beckett, by the way, agrees with you in chat, saying Scorched Earth is definitely a must right now with the amount of landmarks that are out. It is very strong. Uh, yeah, and Scorched Earth is strong. I haven't played Noxus in a long time, so it's been a while. I really haven't played Noxus much since landmarks came out because there wasn't much interesting in Noxus well, for me to play. Yeah. And so I haven't really messed around with Scorched Earth maybe a couple of times early on in the Targon region releases. I mean, but Noxus is like...
1: Noxus and Bilgewater are my favorites.
0: So Those are the ones you play, which are the two that we're talking about tonight, DBN. You want to go through our crafting guide on Bilgewater real quick as well? Yes, I do.
1: Yes, I do. Well, Perfect.
0: We're going to kick it off
1: with El Champions. Yes. Or Los Champions.
0: Yes, the champs Um, for Bilgewater.
1: You know, we got six champions here. All of them are near and dear to my heart. Well, not all of them. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. Most of them are near and dear to my heart. Uh, But I'm going to go ahead and tell you your trap uh champion there's one singular yeah there's uh just one uh it's
0: fizz yay Yay! clap 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 clap. we agree
1: (laughs) yeah fizz is really the only strictly bad uh champion and you know you can play some meme decks with fizz but fizz you know and a saucy mailman would be so offended saucy mailman loves fizz yeah he does uh but Fizz is is just strictly not a great card right now um and outside of some goofy memes which work about 50 60 percent of the time which isn't enough to merit ladder play um i would just never recommend crafting fizz um but the good news is uh fizz plus tf is tier one right now though oh well maybe uh hmm I haven't seen that list, somehow.
0: They're, so, they're uh neat. There's, they're, but it's not about Fizz, really. <laughs> right. Oh, well it's, then, a, it, it's about a deck that fizz. draws a ton of cards, plays a ton of spells, and then it plays those 3-1 bubble guys Um, that mm, have... The bubble oh, bears? Yeah, no, 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 they're not the bubble bears. Oh. They're not bubbles. Oh, no, no, no. The elusive yeah, right, okay. uh, fish guy, whatever. And, right. and, and well, really, it's about hey, drawing a ton I'm... of cards and playing a bunch of spells. It's more about TF than it is Fizz, really. Well, maybe I'm wrong then. I, I,
1: how have I not run into this on ladder? I, well, I guess I've been playing a lot of Expedition this week.
0: So yeah, I've weird. run into it a couple of times. I, I was going to say, I would say that Fizz has been a trap card until that deck came, but I still mm. don't think that that deck is... I know this You was, don't uh, think it has staying yeah, power? I appreciate uh, K1N9 as, <laughs> say, saying that uh, it's Kingsley. tier one. Uh, Kingsley. Uh, but I don't agree. I don't think... In my opinion, Fizz TF isn't really tier one. Um Kingsley. Yeah, it's not really you, tier Kingsley. one. Yeah, someone's got you. Um maybe, maybe it is. Maybe I'm not high enough on ladder to be able to judge that. I think that it's fun and a lot of people are playing it, maybe, but I don't mm. I'm not sure if it's like a tier one. Deck. I still
1: stand by it. I think it's a trap card. I don't think decks like that tend to have staying power, and I really don't think Fizz is in and of itself a strong enough card to long-term merit a craft for a new player.
0: Yeah, just to be clear, Wiggly this is about burble new Fish. players. That's what it is, <laughs> Wiggly Burble. Yeah, to be very, uh, yeah. thank you Muse, appreciate you. Uh, just to be very clear, this we are talking about new players, right? And so mm-hmm. a crafting guide for new players, that Fizz TF deck is not an easy deck to pilot. Um, and so it's, it, it's a very delicate deck to pilot, which I think makes Fizz definitely a trap card for a new player. So we agree um, with that one. What's your next tier?
1: Yeah, so then my next tier—it's weird. Like, built champions are good, man. Yeah, like, they're, they're good. Very, they're very built water champions are great. Uh, I'm proud to be a pirate. Uh, is all I'm gonna say. Um, but here's the thing—I have like, I either when I look at this, I either end up making four categories or three. I'm at three categories. So I guess I'll stick with three categories, and I'm gonna say, for a new player, uh, these are, are ones that you uh, you can craft and build around with. And, uh, but I wouldn't consider them must crafts.
0: Yep. And there's and two that's going to be,
1: no, no, there's more than there's two.
0: three of them. There's three of them. Okay, go ahead.
1: And that for me is going to be Tom Kench, mm-hmm. Nautilus mm-hmm. and gangplank.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Uh, I love gangplank to, to death. I really do. But I think, I feel like Gangplank is just maybe not as, I don't feel like it's as accessible for new players. And I also don't feel like it's in enough, consistently in enough decks. There's been seasons where Gangplank comes in and is is representative. And it seems like he comes in for a little bit for a mix-up and then falls out again. You know what I mean? Sure. And so for me, I feel like it's hard because I want to put Gangplank. If if I could go four categories, I would say that this one would be Tom Kench and Nautilus. And then I'd have another category where Gangplank would sit between that and the top tier, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but anyways, yeah, Tom Kench uh, really only works with Soraka. You can experiment it with it, uh, with it in other lists, but largely, why would you do that when you can just play it with Soraka? But TK Soraka, very very strong deck, um, and was honestly actually in our Legends Cast Discord League Season Two, was one of the most influential uh, lists in the uh, in the finale uh, bracket, where you saw most of the uh, the top players running it in their lineup. It's a very strong list in closed uh, or in uh, like in non ladder formats, uh, because of its like very uh, polarized matchups. So it's a great deck. You can craft TK Soraka, and, and it won't be a bad thing, but it doesn't really float between a lot of other um, like combinations very well. And if I'm being honest, it's the one that I've played the absolute least of all of these guys. So I may be talking out of my butt a little bit, but I know that um, Gibbles and Bits plays TK a lot, and he's tried him in a lot of different things. And largely, he comes back to the same thing, saying... Yeah, I'll just play TK and Soraka. So I kind of trust a judgment on that. I've played card games with Gibbles and Bits for ages. So if he tells me TK is not that great in other things, I'll trust him. But the bottom line is, I also just don't find him to be as compelling of a card uh, as any of these other guys. So that's why he's partly why he's down here. And then Nautilus, uh, he's another situation where the deck kind of builds itself, but the deck's not bad, but he only goes in one thing. So. Yeah. Those two guys just really, you know, the cheese stands alone on these guys. Where like they're not bad cards because, you know, Bilgewater is is a great faction, but but they're definitely not uh, flexible enough. So I would really not recommend crafting them unless you know you want to play Sea Monsters or you know you want to play TK Soraka. Um, so that's why to me I would put those in their own category and then and then check out these this next group uh, and then finally I would say Misfortune and Twisted Fate. Um, with Twist of Fate being the absolute must craft champion. Not only is he the coolest cat uh in Bilgewater, <laughs> he also has one of the most spectacular animations, some great voice lines, and uh one of the most flexible cards and powerful champions in the game. You can play him just for value. You can play him as a win con. And you know what? Uh, he also just has the flavor down. He literally does what he does in uh, League of Legends. I only know that because I played League of Legends a couple times with Mark and got wrecked by a Twisted Fate. (laughs) What did he do? He threw cards at me. And what do you get to do in this game when you play Twisted Fate? You get to throw cards at people. It's awesome. I mean, my absolute favorite champion. Uh, And now that I've hyped Twisted Fate up, I guess I'll say that just Misfortune has been consistently a presence in a couple different aggro decks. Uh, You can play a... Bilgewater, heavy uh, Misfortune list. You can play a Demacia heavy Misfortune list. But the bottom line is, it's been around the block. It has staying power. It's a strong deck uh, and has survived multiple metas. So Misfortune is definitely a very safe craft.
0: Yeah, so mine is very similar, right? I actually went with Bilge Water Champions because they're all kind of strong um, in terms of flexibility. So Fizz is the trap card for a new player. And I think the trap card for most players because it's not super flexible. It's only ever found one deck that it was good in. Nautilus, Tom Kench have also only found one deck that they were good in, but they're my, my tier two because they they only have one deck they're good in, but they're very good in that deck, right? And so if you yeah. really want to play Deep Sea Monsters, craft Nautilus. If you really want to play kench exactly like tbn said you got to get kench however you're not going to craft them and they're not going to be flexible enough to expand into other things right however so my top tier is misfortune twisted fate gangplank um probably in the order of gangplank misfortune twisted fate right um so gangplank is just a flexible strong card um and so i i think that I think that Gangplank is just strong. I think that he's a good card. And if you're a new player, he's straightforward enough that you can play with him pretty well. He plays, there was a Gangplank Sejuani deck that was good for quite a while. Misfortune is great in scouts, not as great in other places, but is definitely a card that's super flexible that a new player could slot into a lot of different builds lists and be very happy with what she does. Twisted Fate is all around maybe the most powerful champion and flexible champion in the game right now, with maybe the exception of Lee. Lee Sin currently. Um, and uh and Lee Sin's gonna consistently be a problem until he's back to six mana. Um and uh and so I think that TF is just a really strong card. And if you're gonna go to Bilgewater to pick up any champ, Twisted Fate should probably be the first one that you go to. You're really not gonna be disappointed. A new player might actually read this and get trapped into thinking that he's not super strong because they're like, well, he doesn't really do a ton or um, I'm like, yeah, he's only a 2-2, you know, when I play him, he's for four mana, um, but you should not underestimate the versatility of Twisted Fate and how ridiculously yeah. powerful he is when he levels up. Keeping in mind, if you're a new player and you're new to card games, card advantage in terms of how many cards you're drawing is incredibly important. Leveled up TF gives you all the card advantage in the world, typically, and a ton of board control. He's very flexible. He's very strong. TF is like the must craft champ of Bilgewater. There's no doubt. I'm in mean, complete agreement. Yeah
1: uh he's the best um mm-hmm. twist of fate is i think twist of fate's my, just like my favorite card in this game yeah uh, maybe i I'm, maybe I'm, I'm too
0: biased uh he's good yeah. you know interestingly enough there are actually a lot of good cards in bilgewater even though it's got nerfed so many times there's still a lot well, of really good, good cards sign, in bilgewater <laughs> yeah there's still a lot of really good cards so i'll jump into epics um there are a couple of cards that i would say are like go craft them um and then a couple of cards that are go craft them if you're playing a specific deck and then there's a couple of Probably trap cards, right? So in epics, Zap Spray Thin, I think, is probably one of the safest cards to craft. He's seen play in several decks. He's very, very strong. That and Riptide Rex, which even after his nerf is still a strong card. Riptide could be stronger now and you don't see him in nearly as much, but he's probably a pretty safe to craft still if you're a new player. Because if you are a new player, you're playing at lower MMR, Riptide Rex might still be able to end a lot of games for you. Um, so those are my two, the honorable mentions for me in epics are the slaughter Docks and devour of the depths. If you're playing, uh, go deep, I think they're both really strong epics for go deep and Jack the winner. If you're looking at playing a more aggressive sort of burn version that's going to combine probably Bilgewater and Noxus, that's not as strong right now as it used to be, but Jack used to be kind of like the top end win condition in that deck. And I still think that Jack is a very strong card, maybe not as strong in the meta right now, um, I would say that a lot of the other ones are kind of memes. The two biggest traps for me are the Siren and the Dreadway, um, specifically, and probably Jagged Taskmaster, because you're going to look at those and think, oh, I could build around those. Um, and I mean, and no one's going to read Mind Meld and think I'm going to play that legitimately. They're all going to know that that's a meme. But the Dreadway and the Siren, you might read and be like, oh, this draws me extra copies of MF and, uh, and, uh, and Gangplank just like, the Leviathan drew us copies of Swain, and we knew how good that was. The the Siren and the Dreadway just don't do it quite to the degree that the the Leviathan does. Leviathan lines way better, lines up way better with leveled up Swain than Dreadway or the Siren line up with leveled up either MF or Gangplank, respectively. So I think that those two cards are ones that I could see a new player falling into because they're like, oh, well, I craft these because they go together. Um, I would avoid the siren in the dreadway. The dreadway does see play in some meme lists that are very specific, um, but I I would avoid that. So yeah, that's my advice for epics. Not a ton in there, but definitely a couple. If you're playing deep, there's a couple of really important cards in in the epics category.
1: Yeah, uh, I I would really just uh you know be maybe a little more brutal and say Zap Sprayfin is the only must craft in here. Um, yeah, Riptide and, might not be anymore. I'd bump Riptide down to good craft. Um, along with Slaughter Docks and Devour of the Depths, uh, Jack's okay. I just wouldn't craft him yet. I wouldn't craft him until I see him pop up in you know a little bit more consistently uh, in deck lists. It's not that he's bad, but man, I really liked when he had six defense. Yeah, um, he was much much. That better. was that was much much better. That's uh, I just, one that I, I wish crap. they would unnerve. I really wish they would too. Um, that's the other thing to remember, guys. Builds has been hit by. Eight so many nerfs more than any other faction i think um it's been hit by a lot i I don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure certainly feels like it's been hit by a lot of nerfs um and a lot of really impactful nerfs um so uh keep that in mind when crafting bilgewater stuff but i i don't want to say that bilgewater is a you know a bad faction i just um it used to be a lot more independent and now it and now you really do need to pair it with other Uh, regions a lot more consistently Um, which isn't a bad thing it's just a matter of uh, a matter of fact that you used to be able to play some really strong like uh builds water predominant lists you know but then a lot of their great cards uh petty officer you had um what was the uh um, yurtle grifter yurtle grifter was the biggest one honestly but then even like the the one the plus one increase to your uh steel cards to your nabbing cards you had the yeah. uh, plus one increase for to your uh to your uh how, how can we can't the make it rain was a really big one so it's oh, just yeah. it's got a lot of things you know nerfs to where you now have to have a much more balanced approach to the list because a lot of the really heavy hitter cards uh, have been tuned down yeah um not that it's bad though let's move over to rares though i when i look at rares I see a lot of really specific cards again. And Almost not in a none bad way, that are
0: just like, go craft them. Almost
1: none. But I, I don't see any auto crafts in this entire pool. I see a lot of great specific cards. Like if you're going to run sea monsters, y'all hunters have to have right yeah i would uh, say even you might not even have to have y'all hunters. Uh, like, i would play y'all hunters in any yeah i mean it's, it's the <sighs> the challenger and creating sea monsters then you I mean, don't have good. to run your top in it's sea good. Monsters.
0: yeah it, it's good uh
1: abyssal i you know i i will re- i will say i do feel like uh a card that i overestimated that just hasn't panned out was razor scale hunter I really thought Razor Scale Hunter was going to be a better card than it is, but at turn five, there's just so many other options, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you can hand out Vulnerable or get Challenger from something else. But, you know, it's I, there's a lot of good role-player cards. You know, they, they're not big, splashy cards. You don't see them in a lot of other lists. But, you know, Jettison, Y'all Hunters, uh, I mean, Petty Officer even to a degree still, Island Navigator, Abyssal Eye. Right, you've got them in here they they are here but none of them are the powerhouse cards that hold up bilgewater. and in fact, like we've talked about, a lot of the powerhouse cards that hold up bilgewater have been the ones that have been getting uh, you know hit hmm. with nerfs so, I don't see much here. What am I missing? Anything?
0: Okay, so I would I would just say Jettison, Y'all Hunters and uh, and Abyssal Eye, right? They're they're probably must-crafts if you're playing sea monsters. Definitely. Like they're yeah. they're must-crafts if you're playing sea monsters. Beyond and that's very specific. The overall must-crafts, the only two cards that I would say they're probably not must-crafts, but they're definitely cards to consider as you're getting into Bilgewater is Petty Officer and Monkey Idol. Um, <laughs> Monkey I, I, Idol? I'm a huge fan <laughs> you think? of it. I think Monkey Idol is an incredible card. I, I really genuinely do. Because Monkey Idol stalls the board. I think Monkey Idol uh, is one of the most underappreciated cards of especially if you're playing it with some of the champs that do want to do tick damage, which a lot of times yeah. the Bilgewater cards do. I, I, I'm a huge, I'm a big fan of Monkey Idol. I think hey, that Monkey I can Idol's get behind it. I, I just, I mean, I don't know. Is there
1: any Deck that's consistently running it right now, or, uh, or is it like is that like your pocket pick?
0: Yeah, no, it's like it was a big staple when we were seeing uh, like Gangplank Sejuani. Um, it's yeah. really, really, really good in Gangplank Sejuani. Um, I have seen it in uh, I, I have seen it played even in um, like Soraka Tom Kench because you can heal it, um, yeah. and, and keep pumping out them until that deck got more refined. So I'm not. Here's the thing. There's just not a lot of rares to look at. I'm not saying Go Craft Petty Officer and Monkey Idol. I would have said it if if Petty Officer was a three mana three two still. I would have said Go Craft Petty Officer. It's oh, a stable. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Monkey Idol is a staple, but when you're looking at decks and you see Monkey Idol in it and you're like, do I really need to craft that? If it runs Monkey Idol, you probably do need to craft it. It is a, str- it's a stronger card than what it looks like. Um, it just has a way of stalling out the board really well because yeah. it's going to keep pumping out monkeys that you can attack with, but more importantly, ones that you can defend with um when you can put this out on your attack token and then your opponent goes they don't even want to attack into it because so often the monkey can clear something and if it can't clear something and they attack with it it can block a significant amount of damage and still deal damage to your opponent's face when it dies and you're just like pumping out passive blockers every every round um and so i do i just think the monkey idol is a worthy mention uh before i would have said lord of the depths but the more i've played uh deep the less i thought lord of the depths is even necessary for it. To be honest.
1: Yeah, I don't run it in my lists. My my uh, yeah. sea monsters list
0: because you'll see Lord of the Depths and you're like, oh my gosh, that's unbelievable. I think it might be a little bit of a trap because you can run sea monsters very effectively without it.
1: In fact, I mean the best versions of sea monsters I've ever I found and piloted I just don't use it. It's just you know it's you spend mana to save mana later but guess what nautilus does it saves you the mana anyway so yeah. if you get nautilus leveled it's just much better to run things that heal you and stall the game out so you can get to that inevitable win kind of nautilus and a bunch of tasty sea monsters um but let's go over to commons because i feel like this is where all the all the work gets done
0: uh you yeah. want
1: to lay out for me the uh the commons that you uh that you think are, <laughs> are great because is... there's there's a good amount of
0: them. Dude, this like. is so hard. Like, genuinely, this is... Because there's so many things that you could mention in comments for Bilgewater. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to scroll through and I'm going to mention the ones that I think are... I'm, I'm actually not going to mention stuff... Okay, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to mention stuff on my first run-through that are either Soraka Tom Kench or deep uh, sea monsters oriented because there are several cards that just enable that mm-hmm. that you're going to need to oh, craft. Yeah. Like you have to craft Krusty croger for Soraka Kench. You have to craft, craft Dredgers for going deep um, and yeah. sea monsters. You just have to. So just look at the list and craft the commons that are in it. Um, My, my must crafts for Bilgewater are Jagged Butcher, I think that is incredibly strong. Deadway, oh, yeah. uh, Dreadway Deckhand, or sorry, Deadway Dr- oh, yeah. Deckhand. Um, oh, Dreadway. Uh, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. It, it is Dreadway yep. Deckhand. Dreadway Deckhand. Fortune uh, Croker. Fortune Croker. Hired Gun. Um, and Salvage those i don't even know that make it rain is it's just so hard because make it rain is such a staple removal card that even at three mana and it's bad um oftentimes when just lacking other options because if the faction you combine with doesn't have much removal lacking other options you might need make it rain but salvage hired gun dreadway deck hand fortune croaker and jagged butcher are my ones that i could say you could pretty much go craft them and just be happy with what you've done
1: yeah, no, definitely. Uh,
0: I, I would agree with all of that. There might even be more um, than that, to be honest with you. But
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of great stuff here. I mean, there's a lot of specific stuff, but also some good generic stuff. You're right. Jagged Butcher, great. Uh, you've got Dreadway Deckhand, Hired Gun. I definitely agree. Fortune Croaker, sure. I, I mean, think draws that, cards. Draws uh, cards, can't hurt.
0: I think that since that card has been introduced, there's always been a deck that's played him. There's always uh, been a pretty top. Card? Yeah, yeah, no, Angels he Cards he's all right. Card. Yeah, he's a he's just a two mana draw draw card. It's very good.
1: Um, yeah, so I'd say, um, so I also like Salvage. I agree. Uh, it it's it's just it's seen play and it's one of the few deep cards that has seen play outside of deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a very good card. Yeah, you got Make It Rain. I like more Powder, but it doesn't get played a lot right now. But I still think it's a good card overall um these are a lot of cards i like that just like maybe aren't like conventional pool shark gets played in a lot of twist of fate decks um and then you've got things like pocket aces which i find to be an amazing card that is under appreciated
0: hmm Pocket mean, Aces mana, is very good
1: three mana burst uh wind drawn cost one less this round but it grants an ally a permanent plus two, plus one. Anything that that, that drops a permanent uh, buff at burst speed, I'm usually pretty into. Uh, and so I've actually played this to great success in quite a few lists, especially anything with, like, quick attack um, or that maybe draws a lot of cards. And, and guess who has quick attack? Twisted Fate is quick attack. Yes, he does. But it already pairs nicely with uh, with TF. I used to play a, uh, a Diana Twisted Fate um, list, which topped out with the... Uh, the uh, cygnus moon stalker mm-hmm. i think is the name of the card um but being able to you know get a lot of elusive guys like the uh the shadow steppers shadow lunari shadow walkers mm-hmm. whatever uh drop the the pocket aces on them, drop the you know pale cascades really just you know you're drawing a lot of cards I used to I actually was playing uh the pool sharks in that one too and that was a that was a, a pretty good one i actually haven't played it since cygnus got buffed so Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's worth Maybe that's look. something you should the, revisit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, there's just a lot of great commons. There's a lot of great commons in Bilgewater, which is good for the players. It's good for the new player. Because, you you know, you know that, like, if you want to try out, you know, Deep or... Uh, or um, Soraka-Kensh. Uh, Soraka, but especially Deep, which only needs one champion, yep. you know, as opposed to Soraka-Kensh needing two. Deep is actually a very affordable archetype. You don't truly need you know too many you only need one uh one champion for that you know when you look at the epics uh you know you, you know are better off with slaughter docs huh it it's a little pricier in epics yeah you've decks. got three slaughter docks three devourers but you don't need three necessarily you need three like, devours <laughs> uh, I've ran two I've run two before i think Devourer i think it's better is with three far you the can best get sea by you, it is the best sea monster I'm not denying that but I think you could get by with two uh I mean that's the thing like you can get by with a slightly suboptimal version of this is what
0: I'm saying you can but if i was gonna have three uh, i mean I would have three devour before I would craft a single slaughter Docks.
1: Really? Ah, see, I love me some slaughter docs, man. But I mean, I run both. So uh can't can't complain at all there. But you know, but you have a lot of the the really like the where the bulk of the work is done is in the commons and the rares for for uh um for deep. And you know, you can pop over and just hijack a couple cheap Shadow Isles cards to finish off the list. It's not like, you know, if you go over to the Shadow Isles Epics, right? There's nothing in there that you need as I'm looking at this um, in order to craft Deep. And Deep, by the way, it doesn't get a lot of attention anymore because it's been kind of a... Figured it's, out. It just hasn't really changed. It's figured out. It's not like exotic or anything, but it's a very fun play style. I think it's very good for new players to kind of learn the ropes. Um, and it also is just, it's a stro- con- like a consistently strong tier two deck. Like it has never been an unplayable deck it's Mm -hmm. just that it's not hot you know like people don't look at and be like oh man i'm so excited to play deep anymore because it it hasn't changed much since its inception but that's not to say that it wouldn't be an amazing and exciting deck for a new player to pilot um so i mean because honestly yeah you 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 look over at the shadow Isles cards that's going to finish it off and you're looking at grabbing what um a couple heal cards and then the uh You know, the, the guys that toss, I think everything in it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's all commons.
0: Yeah. I mean, probably
1: an atrocity or two, which is a a rare
0: atrocity. You could, you could make an argument for
1: one copy of ruination. I don't run it, but you could. Yeah. You certainly could. it,
0: It depends. There's, there's a hyper, like hyper deep, uh, uh, one and then there's a not so hyper more controlly deep one and the more controlly yeah. deep one is going to be more expensive to craft the hyper deep one is just trying to get you deep as fast as humanly possible and that one's gonna just run more draw and stuff uh and more yeah. toss and,
1: but you can you can get like you know a couple withering whales in there mm-hmm. you know you can get uh, vengeance. If you want a vengeance a vile
0: feast you can
1: get vengeance you can get those are all commons heck you yeah. know vengeance is
0: you could even get uh the Gohards if you wanted to and run those in that type. Of yeah, why not, right? You know, uh
1: the bottom line is, it's uh it, yeah, it's a very approachable list. And I think that that's <laughs> something that, like, while we're talking about Bilgewater, we may have ranked Nautilus a little bit lower on our must crafts for, like, a future collection. But if you're looking for a relatively affordable deck, like like, just a pre-built, basically, deck to craft. I mean, obviously, there's some... There's a lot of tinkering that can be done on the details work of it, but the bulk of it, it there's about a you know,
0: 25 to 35 cards that just aren't going to change. You I, know, I do want to correct one thing that I just said because something I just said was horrible, and that was that you should play Go Hard in a deep deck because Go Hard puts cards in your deck and deep wants you, to burn oh, the cards out of your deck. I thought you were saying you could just deck. craft Go Hard. Do not play Pack Your Bags, Go Hard, in deep. That is a terrible decision.
1: Yeah, no, it's not a great I thought you were just saying you could craft Go Hard in general as like because cause you could well it's, you
0: you it's could you could a bad card. but do not put it in deep that is a bad decision oh yeah yeah don't do that <laughs> a,
1: let's, let's avoid that
0: hey how about some really bad advice
1: <laughs> really worst. bad advice from the legends cast you are here to yes. uh to listen to if you want to know what not it. to
0: if you want to know what not to craft you just go to listen to legends cast yeah <laughs> that's right
1: there you
0: go uh yeah everybody's gonna go start crafting fizzes now yes yeah <laughs> No, um, <laughs> no, less fizz, less no, fizz. Do that.
1: Don't, don't uh, do that. Well, uh, well, that that's it, man. Yeah, that's the guy Yeah, that's so right.
0: uh, let us know if you guys are liking this. Guys, go over and jump into our Discord. You can grab a link in the description of this show to the Discord. We'd love to have you come over and hang out with us. But let's work our way out of well, here. Oh, and get out of yeah, here. With next some... week, just a
1: just a uh, ex- hype for next week. Next I mean, week? I think we're going to be talking Aphelios right? Yes. Next week is going to be a Phelios conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Phelios. Yeah. And then of course for our Patreon uh, supporters, we're also going to be doing our uh, ep- next episode of the Mulligan, which is every other week. And we're going to be talking about call of myth. For those of you guys that may have forgotten before we got into uh, legends of Runeterra, we were elder Scrolls legends uh, players and podcasters. And when that went under, we actually looked at a few different uh, collectible card games that we were interested in checking out. And one of them was we interviewed one of the Call of Myth game designers uh, right out of, I believe, Moscow. I think she yeah, was, I think from, she was in from Moscow. Moscow. Uh, and so you can actually go back and listen to that episode if you want. Um, but that is finally like in December, that Call of Myth.
0: December 2019 is when yeah, we it's, that episode. I think
1: out. it's back in season one. I don't it think is. it's in it's, season it's two. Se-
0: it's e- season one, December 2019.
1: And, uh, well, we interviewed her and, uh, just heard a little bit about call of myth. And that is now finally starting to roll out with their betas and demo versions. Mm -hmm. And I've played a little bit and we are going to talk about that and just our, our impressions of that as kind of a follow-up. So that'll be on the Mulligan, uh, if you are a Patreon supporter. So we just wanted to hype that for next week as
0: well. Yeah. And let's, uh, let's go ahead and work our way out of here and jump into some closing thoughts for the night. And I thought I was already perfect. Okay, guys, for closing thoughts, what we try to do is give you something that is beyond Legends of Runeterra, because if you've listened to us this long, we hope to add something to your life that's more than just learning how to play LOR a little bit better. Hopefully you learn how to do life a little bit better. So one of the things that has been a major focus for me in 2021, um, has been controlling my thoughts. Now, I mean, this comes for those of you who don't know. Maybe you don't listen to the show very often. You're new to it. Outside of here, I've been uh, pastoring at a church for the last 10 years, and uh, and there's a lot in in terms of that that has gone into into this. Um, but one of the key things has been about taking your thoughts and really taking control over your thoughts. And so, in this season, I went through like an intentional season of fasting, and then have really been working on controlling my thoughts because our thoughts oftentimes control what we feel um our feelings oftentimes control what we do and our actions end up becoming habits and habits eventually form into like our destiny Uh, there's there's some sort of a good quote that wasn't what i just said that involves that um (laughs) but 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 here's the reality is that something that i learned through counseling and through studying a little bit of psychology is that um our emotions are never ever wrong our emotions are always accurate to what we are thinking, but our thoughts are often inaccurate. And for someone like me, who's a high emotionally driven individual, my thoughts become uh, feelings very, very, very rapidly. Sometimes I don't realize that I've had a thought. I just feel the feeling. And so I'm trying to learn how to sort of backtrack and take control of my thoughts so I don't just react and have Some people, this isn't a problem for them, right? They're very cerebral individuals, but we still have to gain control over our thoughts Thoughts. I've realized throughout my life that if I let a thought run rampant in my brain, it can not only uh, sort of send me to a place that I don't want to go, but it can cause me to do things that I absolutely do not want to do. Sometimes thoughts can cause us to destroy relationships. They can cause us to do something that we've sworn we would never ever do. Um, and ultimately that ends up impacting our relationships. And so my encouragement to you is just to think about kind of like throughout your life uh, this week. And, and as you're going through your week, kind of be conscious of what it is that you're thinking and taking control of those things and being able to identify and say, no, this isn't an accurate thought. Um, this is just something that I have in my brain. And I, I want to counter this inaccurate thought with bringing in an accurate one, which will allow me to feel what I'm actually supposed to feel in this situation, behave differently, and hopefully it will benefit the relationships that are in my life. Because ultimately, what we all want is better and healthier relationships in life. We want people that we're close to to care for us and that we care for them. Uh, Ultimately, relationships are sort of like the end goal and like the true gold in life is healthy and prosperous relationships. And so a lot of that has to do with our thought life and how well we take control over our thought life and don't allow our thoughts to control us. Um, So I don't know. That's just been something that I've been pondering. It's not really life advice. It's just like really been thinking about that and trying to do my best to sort of take control of my thoughts and not allow them to just run amok in my brain, do whatever they want. Yeah, that's my closing thought. Take control no, of your I thoughts. That, yeah, no, it's a it's a very
1: the mind is an extremely potent tool. Like you have to remember that like uh there's there's just so much more you can accomplish when you take control of you know the ideas bouncing around in there. You know, I feel like I've said this before, but there's just so much about the human brain that is just so impressive. And the fact that you can really condition yourself in many ways to be a more efficient uh, individual when it comes to things uh, in your life and just being able to harness the full capacity. I I feel like in my life, at least, I'm so often running on not enough sleep or, you know, a lot of things stressing me out. And uh, to a certain point, like, A there's always something I can do to try to improve on that, right? To try to, you know, allow my brain to operate at a higher function. But I think sometimes I slip into the habit of being used to my brain being uh, at that, you know, maybe not optimal, you know, peak performance and not doing anything about it. Or worse, just assuming I'm going to be operating that way and not really putting that full effort into evaluating my mental state and saying, okay, how you know, am I really ready to do this? Is this really the best I can do on a project? Or am I really not, do I really not have the energy to do something? Or am I just feeling complacent? Right. Sure. And so it's it it's absolutely something that where you need to be, it's it's so funny. Like I always like credit myself, I feel like something I do really well is self-evaluation of my actions. Mm. Right. Um, but sometimes I feel like we can always do better at self-evaluating our thoughts and our intuitions about things, because a lot of times they're formed in this security blanket that you, that you construct for yourself. I, you know, there's this thing that I know I should get done, but you know, I, it's, it's hard. So, and you know, I don't really want to do it, but man, I'm tired. So I guess I won't do it today. You know? um, So I guess I just asked, I guess I would just chime into this whole thing saying, be willing to challenge your preconceived notions about things That you think like I'm really tired I don't have the energy to go do this thing I need to do or this thing is going to be really hard I'm not smart enough I'm not you know I don't have enough patience I don't have uh enough creativity you know all those are things that a your brain can be trained to do better but b more than likely it's that preconceived notion that's holding you back more than the reality of it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely
0: Absolutely. I, I, I completely agree. When we align our thoughts correctly, we are capable of significantly more than what we think we are. Um, that was something I learned during 2020 for sure, <laughs> that I was yeah. <laughs> capable of more than I thought I was capable of, and I was stronger than I thought I, I was. And, and that has to do a lot with thought life. There's no doubt. OK, well, hey, man, uh, DBN, if people wanted to get connected with you, what was the best way for them to do that? Uh, we, we were talking kind of jokingly. Someone in <laughs> chat was talking about uh, his his YouTube channel. Uh, but how, how could people get connected with you? Because that's what I typically put in inside the, the show yeah. description. Of your uh, I
1: mean, don't stop putting it there because I actually do have a lot of free time coming up in my life and I'm not going to promise anything but i would like to do something so who knows you never know i actually weirdly did have someone subscribe to me the other day it, it was it was weird i'm like i haven't done anything but okay thanks it was literally probably um, mad wheels who's
0: in the chat tonight that's right pro- it's probably probably, who it was. <laughs>
1: probably i do have a lot of older videos which i think are still valid and useful in fact actually the uh, twisted fate um diana list is up there and i i actually think it might still be usable um maybe with a couple tinkering things i can do to it uh but the bottom line is uh the best way to reach me is discord Uh, by far in a way is finding our legends cast discord which will be in the uh show description so jump on there join our discord feel free to ping me i've said it before uh you know i don't i try to scroll during the day but uh i have a uh, job where i can't really like look at things online i listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff but it's very visually intensive so i don't have time to read stuff during the day so i'll try to scroll and catch up in the evenings but if you ping me i'll definitely see it um and so i'll do my best at least to respond when somebody you know pings me if they have something you really want me to see um so just for our uh discord family um don't be shy i'm happy to look at something and if i have the time I'll, I'll definitely try to respond so that's the best way you can reach me you can also message me if you have a deck list or something you really want me to see and, I, and i'll i'll get to it
0: <laughs> yeah great that's awesome uh yeah if you want to catch me um the best way to do that is also through discord you can catch me at uh at uh well anywhere on discord i'm the lift on on our discord channel D D anthem because that's my uh, my D character on discord and i am going to go ahead and just grab a link and uh and copy I'll, I'll throw a link in the in the chat for tonight too so if you haven't joined our discord and you want to that's the place to do it guys it's a really awesome community and a group of people that we spend a lot of time with um we have a, a DD runeterra group and so you can play in our west marches a uh, runeterra themed game i'm the personal dm for target right now we have different dungeon masters for different regions that's a lot of fun that's how you get into our discord league and so if you'd like to be part of our legends cast discord league season three is going to be kicking off and there are good prizes for that uh last one was 50 bucks and a chance to be on the show a trophy and a legends cast pint glass all came for the winner of the legends cast discord league which is like a eight week long league you play a match every week it's a lot of fun so there's all kinds of benefits to coming in and being part of our discord the other way that you can catch me is you can begin catching me live so today, it's like January 30th, um, starting on the week of January 7th. So actually the 8th, the 10th and the 12th, I'm sorry, of February, not January 8th, 10th, 12th of February, I'm going to begin streaming three days a week in the mornings in the EST. So starting at around 8am, we're going to do just chatting opportunities where I'm actually going to be greeting people, praying for people and hanging out with people. And then we're going to go and shift over around 830 in the morning, we're going to shift over to LOR and we're going to be playing either LOR or Elder Scrolls Online most days um, but it'll be monday wednesday fridays for about three hours in the morning uh 8 to 11 a.m est so come and follow me at twitch.tv slash The Lift, T-H-E-L-I-F-T, and you can come and hang out there. We also typically do live stream our episodes of Legends Cast, which we usually do on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. EST, although this one ended up being at a slightly different time. So you can check that out as well. And I don't know, there might be some other streams in the future. I've kind of been considering streaming our D&D 5.0 games because I thought that could be a lot of fun. Um, And also been thinking with like the Runeterra theme and thinking about streaming some art doing miniature painting for Star Wars Legion miniatures. So yeah, come and check me out at twitch.tv thelift the lift and on Discord. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Legends Legendscast. Thank you so much. You've tuned in. Guys, we gave you like an extra, I don't know, 40 minutes of content because we did end up recording this late. Um, come back next week for our episode looking at Aphelios now that, well, he will then be released. Thank you for listening and be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash Legendscast.